the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Every person needs to experience Jesus Christ for himself or herself. Uh, you You can't follow Jesus based on what someone else has said about Jesus Christ. There needs to be a point uh, in your life where you have your own personal encounter with Jesus Christ, where your relationship with Jesus Christ becomes real to you based on your experience with him, and it becomes your own. As you're probably aware, reading or learning about something through the experiences of others can only offer so much. In order to have a genuine interaction of your own, you must experience such things first person. As Pastor Dan will teach you in his message today, this is especially true when it comes to a personal relationship with the Lord. In his study, you'll learn that no matter how much you might hear, read, or know about Jesus, having an actual relationship with Him is what matters most. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of John, chapter 1, for today's edition of Ring of Truth. John chapter 1, Micah chapter 4. We're going to look at some other passages in the Gospel of John today, but they should be easy to find because we're in the Gospel of John. So Micah chapter 4, John chapter 1. We left off in verse 35, where it says again, The next day, John, that's John the Baptist, stood with two of his disciples. And looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples of John heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and seeing them following, said to them, What do you seek? They said to him, Rabbi, which is to say when translated, Teacher, where are you staying? And he said to them, Come and see. And they came and saw where he was staying and remained with him that day. Now, it was about the 10th hour, 4 p.m. And one of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Now, when Jesus looked at him, he said, You are Simon, the son of Jonah. You shall be called Cephas, which is translated a stone. The following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee, and he found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. And Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? And Philip said to him, Come and see. 
Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said, Behold, an Israelite in whom is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. And Nathanael answered and said to him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. And Jesus answered and said to him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, Hereafter you shall see heaven open, and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Well, our passage today covers a two-day period in the life of Jesus. And during that two-day period, Jesus calls his first five disciples. Uh, He calls an unnamed disciple, the name's not given, along with Andrew, uh, then Simon Peter, then Philip, and finally uh, Nathaniel. And this is their initial encounter uh, with Jesus Christ. At a later point, uh, Jesus will call them to deeper discipleship, and he'll call them to, to leave everything behind and come and follow him. Uh, so this is just the initial encounter uh, and the initial calling of these, these five disciples. In verse 35, again, it says, The next day, John the Baptist stood with two of his disciples. And this is the first time uh, that we see the word disciples in the Gospel of John. In this passage today, it it uses a lot of rabbi-disciple terminology, rabbi-disciple language. Uh, He uses the word disciple, first of all. Uh, It talks about the disciples following Jesus. That's that's a term that was used for a disciple and the rabbi. Jesus is referred to as a rabbi here. Jesus says to Andrew and the unnamed disciple, come and see. That was something that rabbis would say. To their students. And so it, it, the passage here is just filled with language from the rabbi disciple Jewish culture. Again, the next day, John the Baptist stood with two of his disciples and looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God. And the two disciples of John heard him speak and they began to follow Jesus. And so Uh, First, we have the two disciples of John the Baptist. Uh, Later, we learn that one was named Andrew. Uh, The other is unnamed. Uh, Most scholars believe it is John the Apostle, the writer of the Gospel of John, because John includes so many details about this encounter with Jesus. But that's just speculation. We don't know who the uh, the other disciple is that's mentioned here. We can't say for sure. Uh, We see here once again that John the Baptist refers to Jesus as the Lamb of God. Uh, John seemed to call Jesus the Lamb of God every time that he saw him. We saw back in verse 29, John the Baptist called Jesus the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus is the, the sacrifice that God has provided to take away the sins of mankind. And Jesus uh, takes away our sins through his death on the cross as a, as a substitutionary sacrifice for our sins, dying in our place on the cross. And if you remember from last week, John's whole life and John's whole purpose was to point people to Jesus. 
Remember, he said, I'm just a voice. And I'm and he's just telling people about Jesus and he's pointing people to Jesus and he's preparing people for Jesus to come. And John did so well at his work and he, he prepared his disciples so well that when John pointed out Jesus to two of his disciples, they stopped following John and they started following Jesus. Which is what John wanted. Uh, this isn't a loss for John. It's not like John, you know, just lost two members or whatever. The numbers have gone down by two for John. It, it's, it, this is what he wanted. This is a fulfillment of his ministry. This was what he was about, was pointing people to Jesus. And so when those two disciples start following Jesus, that, that is mission accomplished for John. Uh, similar maybe to a parent uh, with children, and you raise your children to know Jesus and to follow Jesus, and you do your best as a parent to point your children to Jesus, and your hope is that one day they'll follow Jesus on their own, that they'll choose to follow Jesus. And if they do, that's a success for you as a parent. For John, he's been pointing his disciples and preparing his disciples for Jesus to come. And now when John points to Jesus, his disciples Stop following him, and they start following Jesus. And they followed Jesus uh, really because of what they heard John say about Jesus, because of what John taught them about Jesus. And notice that they initially followed Jesus from a distance. They're following him, but it's from a distance. You know, they're following him based on what John said. They they know John. They trust John, but they haven't they haven't experienced Jesus for themselves. And so they're kind of at a distance, you know, tailing him, following him, based on what John said. But they haven't experienced Jesus for themselves. Every person needs to experience Jesus Christ for himself or herself. Uh, you, can't, you can't follow Jesus based on what someone else has said about Jesus Christ. You, there needs to be a point uh, in your life where you have your own personal encounter with Jesus Christ where your relationship with Jesus Christ becomes real to you based on your experience with him, and it becomes your own. Where it's no longer based on what someone else told you about Jesus or what your, your parents taught you about Jesus or what your Sunday school teacher said about Jesus or what the pastor said that he believes about Jesus, but where now your, your faith in Christ is your own faith because you've encountered him, you've experienced him, Yourself Right now, the disciples, uh, they're just going on what John said. They haven't really experienced him for for themselves. So they're following Jesus at a distance. And you see in verse 38 that Jesus turned and seeing them following, he said to them, what do you seek? And these are the first recorded words of Jesus in the gospel of John. What do you seek? What do you seek? Pretty searching question. What do you seek? How would you answer that question? What do you seek? What do you want? What do you long for? What is your heart set on? What are you living for? What are you following? You know, every one of us, you know, you know, every person, their heart is set on something. What is your heart set on? And look, look at how the two disciples answered his question. They said, where are you staying? 
<laughs> Which sounds like kind of a strange answer. <laughs> Where are you staying? Now, they, they don't say this just because they're curious. You know, they're not, it's not like what they're saying. Where, where do you live? I think you live uptown. He thinks you live downtown. Where, where, which is it? Who's right? And they're not just curious about where Jesus lives. They, they say, where are you staying? Because they long to be with him. They, they want to abide with him. They want to dwell with him. They, they have followed him from a distance for a period of time. But, but now they, they, want, they, they want fellowship with him. They want to dwell with him, be with him, be where he is. He asked, what do you seek? And they're seeking him. They're seeking a deeper relationship with him. And so what they do here in their answer is they indirectly invite themselves over to Jesus's house. You know, they, they say here, where are you staying? It's kind of like asking someone, what are you guys doing for dinner? Right? You're, you're really, you want to have dinner with them. That's why you ask that question. And here are the disciples, when they say, where are you staying? Their hope is that Jesus will extend an invitation to stay with him, which he does, because Jesus always invites someone to be closer to him that wants to be closer to him. And so he says here to them, well, come. And see, again, that's a, that's a way a, a rabbi would invite someone. Come and see. Come on. We'll come and we'll discover this together, is the idea. Come and see. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. And they came and saw, verse 39, where he was staying and remained with him that day. Now, it was about the 10th hour. It was about 4 p.m. And I, and I love this. This was such a significant event in the lives of those two disciples. They remember the very hour that Jesus invited them to be his disciples. It was four o'clock in the evening when he said to us, come and see. I'll never forget it. When he said those words to us. Now, maybe you remember the the hour that you became a disciple of Jesus or the day that you became a disciple of Jesus, the day that you were born again. Uh, you know, I, I know for me, I remember I was 26 years old. It was the summer and it was nighttime, and I got down on my knees next to my bed in my apartment, and I surrendered my life to Jesus Christ. I remember the day. I remember the hour uh, that I became a disciple. These disciples, they, they remember. Man, it was 4 p.m., and he said, come and see. Verse 40, one of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. And Andrew is always identified as Simon Peter's brother. When you see him in this gospel, he's, he's always Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. You know, Andrew has lived in the shadow of his brother, Simon Peter. And maybe some of you, maybe you have an older brother, older sister that you that was larger than life, was a great athlete or really popular or something like that. And, and you 
were always known as his little brother, his little sister, whatever. Uh, that was Andrew. Andrew's just known as Simon Peter's brother. And look what he does. He first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which is translated the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. He brought him to Jesus. So Andrew met Jesus and then immediately wanted to share Jesus with his brother. So he went and found his brother, Simon Peter, and then he brought his brother to Jesus. And Andrew was the first missionary in the church. You know, almost all that we know about Andrew is recorded for us in the Gospel of John. He's, he's mentioned kind of in passing in the other Gospels. But what we know about Andrew is found in the Gospel of John. And each time that we see Andrew in the Gospel of John, he's bringing someone to Jesus. That's what we see about him. He's bringing someone to Jesus. We, we don't see him, you know, preaching the Gospel to thousands of people like his brother Peter. We don't see him healing people or working miracles like his brother Peter. We see Andrew simply bringing people to Jesus every time we see him. And I want to show you, if you turn with me over to chapter 6 of John's gospel. Chapter 6, verse 1. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And then a great multitude followed him because they saw his signs, which he performed on those who were diseased, he, he, healed, he healed people. And Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. Now the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near. And then Jesus lifted up his eyes, and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, we're going to talk about Philip in a few minutes, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But this he said to test Philip. For he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that even one of them may have a little. And one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, right? <laughs> said to him, well, there's a lad here. He has five barley loaves and two small fish. Then he says, but what are they among so many? So Jesus at this point, he's, there's thousands of people. This is when he feeds, it says 5,000 men plus women and children. So there's maybe 10,000, 20,000 people there, this huge crowd. And he, he says, what are, what are we going to buy bread to feed all these people? And it's Andrew who brings this little boy to Jesus. And he says, well, there's a boy here. He's got five barley loaves and you know, he's got five biscuits and two small fish. But as soon as he says it, Andrew realizes how, how dumb it is to even make that suggestion. There's so many people here. I don't even know why, why I brought this kid to you, but certainly not going to be enough. But you see here, he's bringing someone to Jesus. He's bringing this little boy to Jesus. Uh, turn over to John chapter 12. John chapter 12. This is, this is in Jerusalem. This is during uh, the Feast of Passover. Jesus is in Jerusalem to celebrate the Feast of Passover. And as they're there, it says in verse 20, there were certain Greeks among those who came up to worship at the feast. Now, when it says Greeks here, it means Gentiles. And, it's, and they've come to Jerusalem to worship, to celebrate the Feast of Passover, a Jewish feast. But they're Gentiles, they're non-Jews. And these are people that are sometimes referred to as God-fearers, or sometimes in your Bible, they're called devout Greeks. Uh, 
These are, these are non-Jews, they're Gentiles, who were attracted to Judaism. Maybe they were attracted by the, the monotheism of Judaism, the fact that the Jews worshipped one God, in contrast to their culture that had multiple gods. Or maybe they were attracted to the morality, the moral teaching of Judaism, because they lived in a very immoral culture. And so, you know, for some reason, they're attracted to Judaism, uh, but they're not fully converted to Judaism. And so they're, they're attracted to it. And they're, they're in Jerusalem for this feast of Passover, even though they're not Jews. Uh, they're in the temple in Jerusalem. They had the court of the Gentiles, where Gentiles could come to the temple and worship the God of the Jews. You know, Jesus said that, you know, the, the, the temple he describes as a house of prayer for all nations. It's a place where all people could come to pray to the God of the Jews. And so these, these Greeks come to worship at the feast. And in verse 21, they came to Philip. Again, we're going to talk about Philip next, who was from Bethsaida of Galilee. And they asked him saying, sir, we wish to see Jesus. So they come to Philip and they ask Philip, hey, we'd like to we'd like to meet Jesus. And Philip doesn't know what to do. Uh, because Jesus is is the Jewish Messiah. Right. He came for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Uh, they're in Jerusalem for the feast of Passover. It's a Jewish feast. And here are these Gentiles, these non-Jews that want to see Jesus. And Philip, he doesn't know, you know, can we see Jesus? And Philip's thinking, that's a good question. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if Gentiles can come to Jesus, is what Philip's thinking. So what Philip does in verse 22 is Philip went and told Andrew. So he goes and finds Andrew and says, hey, there's these Gentiles that they want to see Jesus. And I really wasn't sure what to tell them. And Andrew, he has no hesitation. It says, and in turn, Andrew and Philip told Jesus. Andrew brings these, these Greeks to Jesus. He's got no reservations about bringing them to Jesus. And so every time we see Andrew in the Gospel of John, he's bringing people to Jesus. That, that's what he was all about. He was all about bringing people to Jesus. We, we don't see him preaching or healing or anything like that, but he's bringing people to Jesus. Now listen, listen, give me your attention. You and I can be Andrews. We can be Andrews. Maybe you can never imagine yourself preaching in front of a crowd of thousands of people. But you can be an Andrew. You can tell people about Jesus. You can bring people to Jesus. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. The book of 1 John invites followers of Jesus into a consistently growing relationship with our Heavenly Father. The Christian walk isn't meant to stagnate, no matter how long you've been pursuing your relationship. There's always more to discover about your almighty Creator, and more ways in which He can refine your heart. As you've done already today by joining Pastor Dan for Ring of Truth, we encourage you to continue spending time in the Word regularly. We also urge you to make conversation with God a regular part of your routine as well praying and listening to what your Heavenly Father wants to say to you. And know that here at Ring of Truth, we're also praying for you. We're so glad you joined us today, and we'd like to invite you to visit us here at Calvary Chapel. If you live in the Baltimore, Washington area, come worship with us this Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. 
Calvary Chapel is located in Columbia, Maryland, only minutes from Route 95, Route 29, or Route 100. For more information on what you can expect when you visit, go to calvaryec.com. Or give us a call. We can be reached at 410-491-4592. That's 410-491-4592. That's all for today. Join us next time for more right here on Ring of Truth. Good night.